1: episode 118 so we had a lively discussion prior to this and with some topics and some ideas and thought processes and so vanessa what did we decide we're going to talk about today well yeah i mean we got some pretty good pretty good ideas brewing which is exciting
0: for the next few that are coming up um but so today today's like a good uh introspective like kind of um growth growth type one. I mean they all are, but this I, I feel like this one is um one that people don't talk about that much. Like we talk about we talk about the action that comes before this, mm-hmm. but this aftermath is just not spoken about nearly enough. And um I think, you know, I'm I'm really glad that you came up with this idea because it, it's something that um I know people struggle with. Um, so like you know, when we, when we discover that we have friends that are not good for our lives, you know, and we use the word toxic, but like, as part of our discussion prior (laughs) to hitting record, we've been talking a lot about some of the words that just get thrown around and they turn into buzzwords and they lose their, you know, like they lose their punch or they lose their meaning. I feel like toxic is becoming one of those. Um, because, a lot of times or we lose friendships, not just because of toxicity in that, the the way that we think about that, just, you know, horrible, terrible people, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's just the connections, not good. And sometimes the, 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 there's a trauma bond or there's, you know, there's, there's other stuff at play that don't make it a great friendship. Mm-hmm. And we have to let go of things that aren't really fulfilling us things that are draining us instead of you know um having an exchange so when we have to do that when we discover that we have friendships and relationships and things that we have to let go of there is a major aftermath that comes with that of like of like pain and trauma and questioning and growth and you know there's just this whole thing that comes with it we like to be like oh yeah just cut the ties
1: yeah yeah
0: Okay, so just because you don't talk to that person anymore all of a sudden everything goes away not even at all (laughs) so it's a great topic to to dive into what do we do what is what do we do with our with our life and our our time and everything after we let go of of people that are not you know a good connection
1: I think there's a misnomer that the work is in letting them go yeah and Um, that's there's that, and that's true because there takes a lot of work because you know you friends. I know there's your brain will come up with every reason not to let that friendship go, and but the more and more you're in that friendship, whether it's a codependent friendship that you couldn't take out of codependency that you couldn't heal, um, whether it's personal reasons like you're finding that that person's actions or environment are not. Are, feel not okay and they feel threatening towards you whatever reason you decide to let that friendship go in whatever way you've uh, it happened there is a there's like a vacuum that happens right after you do that there's there's not that sense of euphoria and now everything's fixed like we thought it would be like if I get rid of her I'll be fine yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen because like we talk about it all the time. The universe adhors a vacuum. So when we release something and we're not filling it, that space with something different, then we have all these mixed responses to that emptiness, to that space. Um, I know for me personally, one of those things is my brain, will try to convince me that of all of the good yeah. quote unquote that that person did for me yeah. and how letting that person go is not, was not okay. Like, like almost like it, my brain's trying to get me to reach out to them to reestablish the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most common side effect for me in releasing relationships is that uh, my brain will start to pick, give me moments, scenarios where we've had fun, where they've been generous, you know, whatever. And it's taken me a very, very long time to go, okay, brain, yes, there was these moments, but out of 20 years, you're giving me the five, same five moments. Yeah. <laughs> that's a long time to get just five moments, 20 years and get five moments of generosity or five moments where that you felt you were heard or loved or cared for and, and that you were able to receive it or you weren't, didn't feel like you were putting more in than you were getting. Like that's not enough. And so it wasn't until I had to kind of zoom out to see perspective of, if you're going to give me the same five events, then, Really, I made the right decision.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but it's hard when you're in it because you are heartbroken. There is a moment of grief when we're letting go of relationships, especially if we've had them for multiple years of yeah. letting go of them. But yet, you know, you're you're letting go of an era of your life th- with that person, and there's grief involved. It's almost as much as if you were to you know, get a divorce or leave your spouse or, you know, whatever in that way. So there's those feelings of like loss and grief and they're real. And so don't think that it's weird. It's, it's, it's a real thing.
0: Yeah. And for me, guilt, my, I mean, (laughs) Catholic guilt you yeah. know, like <laughs> built inside me that, that you should feel guilty. Anytime you do really anything, <laughs> you know, like I could still battle that. But for me, guilt was, is a major part of letting people go is feeling bad. Like, like removing my presence is a punishment, you know, like, and it sounds egotistical when you say it that way. But a lot of times when you are the remover, that's how it feels. You know, you feel like you're taking something away from somebody that they don't want to go. And it's like, ugh, I could feel like such a jerk because, you know, you love me or you depend on me or we've been friends forever, you know, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's a whole cycle that people don't talk about, you know, and I think, you know, wh- those of you who listen to us religiously know that I went through this over the summer, um, you know, spend spending all that time in New Jersey And not seeing as many of the people that I would normally see in New Jersey or not seeing them that often. Now, granted, I was going through like, you know, a pretty big life crisis and needed to cocoon a bit. But there was a lot of this awareness of like holding on for the sake of holding on or holding on because you don't want to make somebody feel bad about themselves. Like they're not good enough to be your friend, you know, and just all of these things that 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 run through your head at, at that time where you're like, I feel like I need to just let go. Like, I feel like this is the maintenance of this is a lot and I don't want maintenance right now. I can't maintain. And, um, yeah, like for me, there there's, I mean, there's a couple people that I can point to and I won't, you know, divulge information that, uncovers who they are but there's a couple people that it was like it was super aware that I was their dumping ground you know and that that I had to step back and look at what the friendship actually was you know and it was like oh yeah okay we've been friends but like I'm just your crisis counselor basically or I'm the person that you dump on every day because your life you're not making choices in your life that make it better and you don't want my advice, you don't you you don't want my help, so it it is just like sucking the life out of me to every day be I'm managing your life more than you are <laughs> you know like because that's the you know like that's the kind of person that I am, and I to this day, with two of the people that I had to let go of, I experience guilt when I think about them sometimes because I worry about them right? Like, I hope that they're okay. And it's like, dude, you cannot, like, you cannot take on the fact that (laughs) you're not there being like, well, maybe they're not okay. Like, get out of the, get out of your ego, get out of your whatever, get back into your, like, spirit, soul, self that says, you know, that's not good for either one of us. Our relationship was not good for me, also not good for them, right? Like, to enable somebody to the extent that I would enable people, not good you know so having to see that and going through those motions that wasn't i mean it isn't easy and it's depending on your relationship with the person it's a whole different ball game you know you have a friend for 20 years that you're letting go of it's very different than somebody you've known for two years than somebody that you dated then you know like a family member who has you know got become you know like I want to—I guess—toxic, you know—that ha, has really gone off off a deep end of danger or anything like that. They're all very different experiences of loss and guilt and things like that. But yeah, it's important to talk about the fact that that's real, and you're allowed to do it. <laughs> the same way that if somebody passes away, you're allowed to grieve that too. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent, absolutely. And I think too is is there's when we are left without the person and, and the actions and who we were like, say, for example, there was a codependent issue within the relationship. There is a sense afterwards that you're left facing that part of yourself. That's like, okay, now I see it. I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. I have to do, there's, there's almost like this sense of what, do I need to do in order to heal myself to prevent this from happening again? Yeah, And I think the more we examine those things, the more we examine where we are codependent, people-pleasing, uh, where we're not allowing the mutual, you know, relationships to happen. Like it's, you know, it's not as easy. It's like, we want to go back into it. So we can blame them for our issues. Don't so much take ownership of our own issues. It was like, it was easier when you had someone saying, Oh, it's because of them. It's because of them. And really know it's because of you that you're allowing things to happen or you're creating these environments where these things happen. And that's, and, and it's hard to be kind of faced with our own part of the equation. Cause it is, cause there's always two people that create that. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not always easy. So you know, in in talking about that and in sharing about that, you're like, I know, I hear you guys. Like, well, what do I do? What do I do? Well, I think that's a great question
0: um let me flip through my mental rolodex yes like Like, what what tools would I use (laughs) right like let me get my multi-tool little thing out yeah like when you pull out the thing that's got like the screwdriver and the
1: the knife and the yeah clipper a little swiss army knife yeah yeah there you go that's the word (laughs) the tool thing help me out here um so first of all i would i would recognize i would i go through a process of like oh thank you thank you for letting go of something that was not good for our well-being i go through the state of like gratitude to the self thank you for being brave enough thank you for being courageous in order to let go of a relationship that you weren't sure how you were going to do it that's step 1 mm-hmm. step 2 is i kind of I go into the space of examining like where's my grief level am I am I really truly like relieved that I don't have to go through this process is there a grief level like when I released one of my friends a couple years a year ago I don't know how long it's been um You know, there was children involved that I was very fond of and loved very deeply and cared about very deeply. And I cared about that person very deeply, but it, it it was just, I could, in that moment and in the place energetically that that person was in, I could not continue having a friendship because there was no, she didn't have it for herself. She couldn't have it for others And, you know, and I'm sure there's an abandonment conversation happening and there's other things. That's what that's that's another thing that happens is that we go through the well, what are they thinking? Well, what are they feeling like? Am I responsible for hurting their feelings? Do they feel abandoned now? Am I one of the people that have abandoned them in the moment they needed somebody the most? Like X, Y and Z, you know, those kind of like guilt questions, like you said, show up and you're like, oh, my God. And that's okay. The thing of it is, is that they're going to have that response regardless. Like you have to allow them that you have to be really clear that they're going to have a response, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily, it's necessarily, you didn't cause the response. It's their wounding that causes the response. Your actions just tipped the wounding to create that response. Yes. Part of us is the action of leaving, but their own stuff, their own woundings, their own filters, their own traumas is what's going to create the response to you exiting their life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if,
1: and to be honest with you, there are friendships. Now I admit for me, I have a hard time talking. I don't so much anymore, but I don't, I used to have a hard time talking about roles and relationships, how I was feeling the things like feeling like I was being taken advantage of the places where, The person was all set to, you know, to get my feedback and get my understanding and get my healing and get my stuff, you know, and, and yes, okay. They were grateful, but on the other hand of it, when I'm asking for understanding and space and time to hear something from my heart, there was like crickets, there was, there was vacancy. There was no sense of holding space. There was a sense of like, just. And not even like, I need to process this. Can I, can I have 24 hours of process and come back to you? Like yeah. there was nothing, there was nothing. And that, you know, and so in those times and in those processes, like I just, I just go, I, I'm like, look, I'm asking for a simple thing mm-hmm. and your response to this thing and maybe they couldn't give it to me and that's fine. But your response to this is to not talk to me for 48 hours you know, in that space where that conversation happened, like we had multiple conversations over the day, like that's a response. No response is a response to something yes. and for me. And so I had to remember why, why did I release this friendship? Why did I step back? Why did I take a break? Because of this, of this, this happened, like, I bared my heart and became vulnerable, which is not what a codependent person does. Right. And because <laughs> I did it, that person was unsure what to do with it. Or maybe they didn't want to deal with it, which is fine, yeah. but didn't do it in a way that was something we agreed upon to, in the beginning. Like if you know, she had just asked me, even if you're taking a break, please let me know, like say, hey, I need a break or whatever. And then this happens, which is the complete opposite of what she just asked me to do. And, and that's kind of that whole dynamic of like, okay, why did you? It's remembering mm-hmm. why, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not to say we hold grudges, but it takes like, I, I really think it takes six months to a year for us to finally be convinced that we were right in releasing that friendship. Like we question. there's a question. I mean, I don't know about you, Vanessa, And I'm going to stop here because I could. I feel like I'm in a a tailspin of conversation and (laughs) like, I'm going to start talking in this circle and I don't want to talk in, but like I, I, for me, it was, it's like, I have to continuously justify to myself, my actions of releasing the friendship because it's so foreign to what I do and, and to what I want to do that when I do it, it's like, it's hard for me to cope with.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how gaining awareness happens. You know, like we, we like to feel like we may, you know, like, Oh, I, I became enlightened today and now I know everything about the situation. And it's like, no, certain things take a while for us to figure out because we do have to do the examination part of it. You know, like, that's how you gain awareness. You can't surface level everything and then expect that you're not, that that you're going to heal it or that you're not going to repeat it or, you know, those kind of things. And that's where you were talking about with like, you know, when, when I'm releasing these friendships, And I'm over here like pointing at why they are not good for me. I have missed the point, right? Like, and so I'm I'm more likely than not to go repeat that pattern, or you know, to just be bypassing the things about myself that that I need to work on, or that I I didn't say need to work on. It sounded judgmental, but like that I'm really well served to work on because they're good for me to release or change or heal, and like. Yeah, that can be a long process because it it it, it just takes time as things, you, when you think about like the layers of healing of, of a wound, right? Like of the scab on the top and then all the things that need to go underneath the scab in order for that to, the, for that scab to finally come off and it having been healed, it's kind of the same thing, you know, that we slap the bandaid on, but you know, of the bandaid being cutting off the the relationship the friendship the whatever but then all those layers of healing take time because as each one heals we find the next one that needs to heal and especially i mean i have this conversation with everyone yeah everyone that i that i that are my clients and myself of like well how did you participate in this because like you had said there's there's two of us and i often trained people to treat me the way that they treated me and then got fed up and it was like that's an ugly thing to think about right like to be like well you use me as a dumping ground well yeah you let them
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: they can't be responsible for your lack of boundaries you can't you like yes you you know (laughs) should they maybe be a little bit different okay but you're the one who let it happen so you've got to take that ownership And man, people are like, that's victim blaming all the time. And I'm like, no, it's not. There's accountability to be found in everything that we do. And that does not mean that the other person has zero accountability. But we do not repeat cycles when we understand our responsibility. We learn how to not repeat cycles and get ourselves into situations that get us hurt when we understand (laughs) the part that we had in it. (laughs)
1: three years ago, I like, I got so mad at one of my friends that I kind of needed a out. But instead of saying that, because something had happened, that was something that triggered, like, it, it happened frequently within our friendship. And then it happened in that last time, I just got so angry, and so pissed off. Do you think that I would have explained that to her along the way? Like that, look, this really affects me when you do this kind of stuff. Like I didn't express that because, well, hindsight was, is that I, I, I tried to be in flow, but really I was just putting my head in the sand and, you know, and and just allowing people their thing. Well, when you allow people their thing too much and it continuously affects you at some point, you're going to like explode and they're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Why did she react in that way? And, oh, my God, like, what did I do? Like, you know, and then you're, like, going to just, like, ghost the person because you can't take talking to them because you don't know how to constructively say how you're feeling, but yet you're part of the problem. And then the friendship is gone. So that happened to me, God, I think, like, three years ago. There was a moment where something had happened that triggered me, that made me so angry that I didn't have the ability to control that anger in my conversation. And and at the time, like I didn't want to have a conversation in that anger, but yeah. I should have just had the conversation because then I didn't have the conversation. Yeah. And then by the time I was ready, like a month later, like yeah. you know, that person had chosen that for her own well being she needed to like to go away, like not be friends. And I was like, okay, like yeah. you know, that Again, there's my culpability in in that moment, in that action, in that like I didn't express times before when that certain thing upset me. And in the moment when I was angry, I didn't want to continue a conversation, in anger, but it ended up me not having a conversation at all. Right. Which is not even any better. So <laughs> like right. Hello right. <laughs>
0: But it actually, I mean, when when we think about this, like, so when we think about, you know, like the whole blame thing, oh, I'm blaming myself, like, oh, no, I have to take accountability. It sounds like it's terrible, right? Like, because we don't like that. We We don't like to be wrong. We don't like to feel like we've done something that wasn't, you know, like the best version of ourselves and things like that. But to me, I had to learn that that was actually empowering, that it was like, oh, thank God that that's not the only way that could go. You know, like being able to to look at stuff and be like, oh, I, I don't, it's not out of my control. I do have the ability to, to like, you know, have an influence on how this goes by either putting my energy in differently or by removing my energy or, you know, whatever. It's it's such an empowering thing to be able to be like, ooh, this is how I like acted this is how I created this part of the cycle that means I don't have to do it again like it's a good feeling when you can see it that way instead of seeing it as like blaming yourself and like throwing yourself in a ditch which you know as I'm saying this right now I'm like yeah I yeah uh like you just did this very recently so this is (laughs) very very fresh in your mind (laughs) you know of having to go in (laughs) and it was extremely uncomfortable. It still is. Right now, I have a pit in my stomach thinking about having to think about the things that I did, you know, and the ways that I acted, you know, out of trauma response or the ways that I just avoided or, you know, the the ways that I just didn't show up for myself so I couldn't allow that person to show up for me either because it was like, where the hell are they going to get this knowledge from? If you're going to clam up and not do it, what the, what? And then if you ask them for it and they give it to you, you can't then not accept it. Like these are the things that you're doing that are met that, that messed it up. The, that person didn't mess it up. Right. Like, and having that, having that like accountability made me feel good. Cause it was like, Oh, then things could be different. Right. Like in the future of anything, right. Like if, in the future of that friendship, if that friendship still stays, or the future of like any other thing that you bring into your life of being like, okay, now that I have that knowledge and awareness and I'm going to work on the tools to make sure that I, um, that I, that I got it <laughs> right. Or that I at least recognize it when it starts to come back around so I can intercept it. That's a great thing. That makes <laughs> me feel way more empowered that I don't have to keep going through the same thing. That I'm not always going to have relationships like that. Or that I'm not always going to have friends that are like that. Because you know what, y'all? As I'm saying it, I'm thinking, how often was I the friend? That it was like, because of what I do, they're coming to me. Yeah. Everybody's coming to me. Can I get your Can I get your thoughts on this? Can I get your whatever? And 98% of the time, they didn't want my thoughts on it. They just wanted some place that they felt like, wouldn't be denied to be heard which is okay but not okay if it's draining me not okay if it's constant not okay if it's you know me feeling used and but right. that's me having to not be not allow myself to be used that that ends that cycle and it you know is very eye-opening um but it can i mean it still is painful you know like i i I still think that redefining, like, so let, let's talk about, let's talk about what happens when you redefine your relationship with a toxic friend or a toxic connection and you keep that person in your life.
1: Woo. Woo. You guys have some heart palpitations. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, Cause that, that just came to mind as I was talking,
0: I was just thinking like, You know, there's some people that, like, when I reevaluated, it was kind of like, well, you know, let's see what happens, right? Like, we maybe don't need the severance part of this. Like, because I tend to, like, use the severance as a coping skill, (laughs) right? Like, we were talking about this before. I tend to be like, I'm just going to slam this door because it's really uncomfortable for it to be even a little bit open, I don't know how to handle any of this. I don't want to handle it. I'm either ashamed or feeling guilty or whatever. And I don't want to face any of it. So I'm just gonna like slam the door and run away. Right. It's not a great coping skill. I I, I apparently can't access that anymore, which is a good thing, but it was disappointing recently when I wanted to do that. (laughs) But, you know, there are times where you do feel that connection with that person and you feel like, hey man, we could redefine our friendship or our our relationship and with good communication and two people who really care about each other, it's possible, but it's harder (laughs) than just severance and walking away, in my opinion.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it also depends on the ability for both parties to take ownership of the part that created the toxic friendship to begin with, because I, I have tried to take a codependent relationship that was codependent for a great many of years and set boundaries and have, you know, and say, look, I need these, I need this, this is what I need, you know, and then they're willing to a degree, but you also have to be very fastidious that old patterns aren't, aren't like you don't fall back into them. Like I've, I've had friendships where we've ended the friendship and then come back and I have to really stay out of the old habits that I used to have Mm -hmm. and examine my feelings around my, like, and it's not that they're, they're necessarily bad, but like, i tend like there's some friendships that i have an overprotectiveness of that person so i want to help them all the time so i so i end up giving too much unsolicited advice and where i whereas i need to step back and say look i'm not going to give you advice because i know you got this and i know that you know exactly what you need in this but at the same time there's a part of me that wants to help and wants to be a part of their solution and help them and give them what they need, or maybe offer something that they don't need. And, you know, and, and, and so it's, it's not just about what they do and how they receive it. It's how I react to being a friend with this person, because there's some things involved. There's history there. Mm -hmm. There's also places where, you know, there was great connection happened and it happened through certain things like trauma bonding and through that space of helping that person heal and giving that person space to be themselves and and having understanding and not allowing them to evolve and grow into the person that they're involving and growing because of that was the basis of our friendship for so long It's like, how do I fit into that person's life now that 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 person has evolved? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of different questions. There's a lot of different scenarios that could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, if we can own our stuff and say, I need to monitor me, I need to make sure that I'm not overstepping their boundaries or my boundaries or even overstepping my own boundaries and giving Mm -hmm. unsolicited advice, giving them more than what they need, not making them feel empowered to make the decision that they need to make and really kind of allowing just to be there just as support, like you can do this, you've got this, or like, I'm sorry, you're going through this to really, because I, I, in those types of friendships, I do find myself falling into old patterns because that was the role that had happened. You have to ask yourself, Are you going to own your situation in this? And can you observe your actions and your tendencies without judgment? Because it's not that it comes from being a bad person. My willingness and want to need to help and love someone. It comes from a really big space of love. But what I don't, what I didn't realize before is that the actions that I took while they were out of love sometimes were misplaced that's not what that person wanted and that person didn't want to reject me, so to speak, or reject what I was offering rather than having the conversation and saying, this is what I need right now. And this is, this is, you know, can I, can you, can you offer that? Or I don't need this right now. Can we, this is what I need rather than redirecting her needs versus saying that harsh rejection of no. Um, And you know it's 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 a tricky situation because you can't do it. It's yes. possible if there is that equal ownership, I think of both sides of the conversation, yeah.
0: yeah,
1: and being brave enough to say when it's starting to go down the old path to say no, okay, you know what i'm I'm not i this is not who we are right now, so I'm sorry let me back up and let me say this and, you know, and redirect yourself and own that. This is what my tendencies were and having that conversation. I mean, there's many times I wish I could have that conversation with certain people, but sometimes they're not ready or they don't want to, or what's the point of the conversation? Because, you know, other than maybe they want to clear the air or maybe I want the air to be clear, whatever that is like, yeah, I was all over the place. Sorry. <laughs>
0: this is this is what we do. We go all over the place. <laughs> But,
1: but it's,
0: that's normal. I mean, that's however, I feel like that's how most of our brains go when it comes to this kind of stuff, because that's how we work it out, right? Like we just kind of follow the breadcrumbs and, and see where they lead us because it is our heart and our soul that take over uh, of like, and this and this and this, you know, because that's what we need to work through. That's what we need to be looking at, you know, like a nice tidy, this, this, and this is not how our brains and hearts and souls worked. So it makes sense. Yeah, it is messy. Um, Yeah. And I think that I, I mean, I really do stand behind for me anyway, how much more difficult that is, because that means to me, right, like, to me, keeping somebody in my life that I feel like I'm having difficulty with means that there will be confrontation. Like, that's what my trauma tells me is that you're gonna battle this person. Because now you're going to take something away that they want, or you're going to ask them for something they don't want to give and you're going to have to battle this and it's going to hurt, right? Like at some point you're going to feel disappointed or at some point you're going to feel like you're wrong or whatever. So it, it has always been like, well, then I'll just ghost. You know, like I'll just be like, I can't do this anymore and then take off because then I can just avoid the entire situation. But after a while, you know, again, like we talk about, you start to see that you're in the same cycles with different people and you're like, All right, man, like I'm pretty tired of doing this entire thing. So how am I gonna change that? And I think <laughs> I I think that there's a process of doing it, you know, like I think, um, and this is this is actually like almost like a prequel to what we're talking about right like so we're talking about the aftermath of it but i think that there's like the conversation to be had of how we get into that space of being able to let go and i think that some of this work that we do when we're redefining is on the path of letting go also you know of like not needing it to be like a quick severance but really evaluating and seeing um what's really going on in, in that friendship and whether or not you want to keep it in your life, whether or not they can be in your life um, is it's a whole process, you know, and I feel like it shortens the, the aftermath if we do the process correctly, right? Like, because if we, if we feel like we've taken our time, it's like anything, right? Like any relationship, any, any work, anything, if you lay it out, like, I'm playing hockey and I played at the top of what I felt like was my game for that day. And I lost, I feel fine. Cause I'm like, man, I did everything I could possibly do, you know? And, and it just I fell short today, but it wasn't for lack of trying. I feel like we're like that as humans. We feel like we have to try everything before walking away <laughs> feels like the right thing to do, you know? And so that's, that's part of it. If we've, if we've done enough of the good releasing and the good awareness and the good like kind of navigation of trying to have boundaries and trying to hold boundaries and trying to communicate it does make it easier to walk away when if it becomes time to walk away you know like the 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 couple friendships that i'm thinking of there was one there was no way you know like it was like i tried everything and it was like i just kept getting well this is what now you don't have time for me. And, you know, just kind of all of this stuff. And it was like, you're just not in a place to give me what I need right now, which is space. And that's, that's telling me everything that I need to know. I feel okay walking away from this. Again, when I say the guilt thing coming in, I understand where that comes from. I, and I I can handle that a hell of a lot better now than I used to. And, you know, and then I have friendships that, that was almost like barely spoken, but understood. And to me, I'm like, that person can stay in my life because they're not hounding me. They're completely understanding that like, you know, the codependency that we had and totally fine with the redefining. And you almost barely have to say anything, right? Like those, those connections, those are great. Love those. But having gone through the evaluation period of yourself and what you're doing and the communication and the redefining and different actions I mean I can't say to people enough I like the idea of confrontation is why I run from anything ever or why I have run I I apparently can't do it anymore but it's the fear (laughs) of confrontation because I don't like disappointing people and I don't like feeling disappointed and I also get in my trauma response and sometimes like lose myself completely. So to me, confrontation is a danger spot. Like you don't want to do it. So what does a good people pleaser do? (laughs) You learn how to have soft confrontations. You learn how to softly push your boundaries into a space in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And I have found great success in that of just changing my own actions and letting that settle right so so like for example having friends that like are just you know like they come to me with all their misery and it's the same misery over and over and over again and I'm like girl come on like what's what if you don't want to solve the problem you can just tell me that you don't want to solve the problem because I will not invest myself in (laughs) in this message you're giving me I will literally just be like You just needed to type it out and it felt good to send and I will let you send (laughs) and not receive like, you know, that I can do that because whatever, man, it's like a spam call, right? At that point, I'm doing you a favor by like, whatever I can handle that. That's, that's part of my boundaries that I feel like I can have, but I would, what I ended up doing with one in particular was that I would just, I said to myself, just use validation, just say that sucks. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And after a while, I got less of those because that wasn't what they were looking for. And so, it, but it became clear that that wasn't what I was going to do anymore. So I didn't have to have a sit down. I didn't have to call them and be like, listen, you complain a lot about this and you're not doing anything about it. And so I'm going to remove my energy from it. Right. Like people hearing that right now are like, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> Right. Like, hell no, I don't have that ability. I don't, but I do have the ability to change my behavior. And I do have the ability to manage what, what, what I'm doing while I'm doing that. And I do have the ability that if somebody asks me a question and and I'm already in it, (laughs) I'll answer their question, you know, and I will say something like, man, I just, I'm overloaded and I can't handle it. I can't handle like the conversations like I used to be able to do. That. I can't start that conversation, but I can have that conversation. And I learned that about myself. So yeah. when I, the reason why I'm telling this whole story is because I feel like it's very individual of who we are and what we can and cannot handle. And so when we're trying to give people tips on what to do, I mean, what to do, number one is go into awareness of where you're at emotionally. What, what, You are willing to commit to actually doing and like really getting into the whys of why you're doing things why you're making these decisions because when you're doing all of that you turn yourself into a more solid person completing this action and when you feel like you're you know solid in your decisions it's a lot easier to follow through and follow through is the major part of any of this if you're not going to follow through you might as well. I mean, your boundaries are a trampoline and <laughs> if you're not going to respect me, nobody else going to respect them. So I I like that <laughs> image. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, it's just like red Rover, red Rover, like <laughs> send, send so-and-so over. And like, sometimes I'll hold my boundary and sometimes you'll break through. And guess what? That means you're going to always run at me yeah. because you might, you might get what you want. So, I mean, I think that there's, there is a lot to be said for knowing yourself and not just taking what we're saying to do and like trying to force yourself to do it. Right. Because some of us need a different approach, right? Like you may not feel like you can do what I just said, you know, like, ah, oh, I can't, I don't know. The behavior thing is, is too hard to change. Okay. Well, what can you do? Like what does feel like, you know, a good first step for you? Instead of answering somebody's text right away, you wait an hour. Hey, if that's your first step, that's your first step. Allow it to be an empowering step. Tell yourself during that hour when you're feeling real bad because you haven't gotten back, (laughs) like, no, this is me preserving my energy. This is me learning how to have a boundary that's good for me. Start there. You know, if, if it's too much to just have conversations with people and say, listen, that's not working for me.
1: Yeah. It's okay. It doesn't have to be big major all the time. No, no. And you know, and yeah. Okay. So our question in the beginning was, you know, what do we do? Lots of things, (laughs) lots of things. It depends on, it depends so much on who you are, how the situation happened when you did get to that point where you're like, I'm out. Are you trauma responding? Or are you truly making that conscious decision? And I think if you're truly making that conscious decision, my advice unsolicited, but I'm gonna give it because it's my podcast. If, if you're listening to the
0: podcast, you're most likely looking for some advice. Just so. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so my unsolicited and 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 given with a whole lot of love is figure out what your part in the situation was. Allow yourself to grieve and do the little things that bring you joy. Because if you do, if you have released a friendship, there's there's a little backfilling of light that needs to happen in order to not to create that vacuum. Understand that your brain's going to try to pull out all the traumas and response stops that it can to convince you to go back to that friendship, that you've done something wrong that it it wasn't the right thing to do, be aware of what your brain is saying without judgment. And the biggest thing of all is just to tend to your heart. Figure out what what, if you had to recreate a friendship from start, like what would you want it to look like? Spend time feeding that vision versus feeding the vision of loss. It's balance. It's about balance. It's, you know, there's a reason why when we do our um our trauma cleanse, it's like Vanessa, you root out what's there and you go and find the trauma that's there. And then when you're done working on releasing it, we you you work with me in and releasing the cellular memory and backfilling with the light, filling it with healing and goodness so that there isn't that vacuum. Take that same concept into the process of releasing people that, that you're ready to let go of. Take ownership, understand the grief process, figure out your part of the equation and fill it with light the way that you can, whether it's doing what you enjoy and love or being around people who do love you in the way that you can receive. Mm-hmm. And, and do your best. All you can do is do your best this is relationships are messy. We're always not going to be a hundred percent. There's things that we can always do different. I mean, every relationship I have even current ones that I'm like, Oh, I could do that better. I could listen better. Or "I, I need to have better boundaries with this one because for me, because I feel like I'm crossing a lot of them or I wish I could have more deeper conversations in this friendship. Maybe I can ask them if that's something that they want and to see if it's a possibility. Like, relationships are always this malleable unfolding where two people come together from their own walks of life and create a connection. That's either going to feed the love and the kindness and the, and the goodness within you, or it'll be feeding a trauma response and neither is wrong or right. But when you can define and recognize what's happening, you can take action to correct or release whatever that works for you. So yeah. and
0: just know no, that number one. I mean I I mean it's I've said it we say it all the time without awareness we we just we're operating from another system that's not our internal guidance system. Yeah. You know when we when we have awareness of knowing what's going on and and we start to dig into the why's it, everything I mean everything becomes different and easier because we, we we're learning and we understand that we're learning and we we release so much of the having to do things a certain way and allowing ourselves to be perfectly imperfect you know all the time that we, that there's no there's no perfection to achieve that it's both all the time <laughs> right? like that we are always learning and we have learned all the time and that that goes for for all of our relationships, because there's the wild card is the person on the other side always yeah. so we're yeah. we're never going to get it quote unquote right because there's another person involved that has feelings and emotions and trauma and all of that kind of stuff, so it's like the releasing of the 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 expectation and the releasing of that idea that everything has to always be a, b, and C is like super helpful for this that like just just be in awareness more than being in planning or be in awareness more than being in idealism because when we're when we're in awareness we're caring for each moment and that's all you know that that's all we've got right like in this moment when i feel something in this moment all i've got is this moment so what can i do with this awareness right now that makes me feel like I'm in a better space and like, let, let that bleed out. It gets, it, it gets easier. I mean, you hear us right here. We we've got lots of tools, but we're also telling you that it can be difficult. And so that's to give you some compassion for yourself when it feels difficult, you know, to be able to be like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe I've been through this before, but I haven't been through this with this person. And this person and this connection with this person is very different than any connection with anybody else because they're an individual. So I'll give myself some grace during this awareness period, during this, trying to figure out what I do and do not need in this, this friendship, like allowing that to be a process no matter what and detaching from the right and wrong of it. And, you know, just, you know, be in awareness. Aware, 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 right? Like what is going on right now? And what can I do?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. It's not an easy answer question. You know, it's not an easy answer because there's too many variables and too many people with too much trauma.
0: Yeah. And people don't like that. You know, like this is why, this is why spiritual, you know, gurus are so rich, and 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 society is still so sad (laughs) is because it doesn't work like you can throw your money you can throw three thousand dollars a month at somebody who's going to fix your life but guess what if they're doing it with the same formula as everybody else going on there you're not getting the individual attention you're not learning how to have awareness for yourself and that's why all of this stuff backfires and i know it sucks the the it depends is like freaking a like well, I don't want it to depend I just want to know <laughs> but 100%. you can't you have to it, it, it's so individual but that's again where the empowerment is of being like oh cool like that means that I I have influence I actually do have an ability to outline what I want. I have an ability to steer things in ways that are better for me or worse for me. And and that means that things aren't happening to me quite as often as I may think. Right. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whew. Well, I hope we've imparted some knowledge and some understanding, giving you an awareness, giving you maybe a few tips on how to navigate relationships. And how to navigate things that are of our own making in dual with another person, and and how to you know work through our own awareness. Uh, we will see you next time. If you would like to work with each either of us or both of us, please wait till the outro. Our um, our information is listed in the outro. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a great week ahead and we'll talk to you soon. Yay. love y'all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. More deeply understand your unique emotional
0: reaction to today's podcast. I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at vanessaperrycounselor at gmail.com or at
1: www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.